Welcome to the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and with me, I got my man and the place to be, of course, none other than J.O. Jay joining me here on the Vault Classic Music Reviews Podcast. We're well into the summer, and so happy summer to all y'all out there. Hope you all had a great Memorial Day weekend as we head now going into Juneteenth into the 4th of July weekend. So I hope y'all got a lot of great things planned for this summer. So make sure y'all do that and that y'all are being safe for the kids coming out as well into school, college, and high school. Hope y'all are safe and that y'all had a great school year and have a great summer as well. Want to give a shout out to all the fans out there worldwide and stateside for continuing to show us support. We thank you all for continuing to spread the word of the show, guys. The numbers are really starting to show that the word is getting out there. And shout out to all the listeners out there worldwide, in particular, my listeners in Africa. Y'all are showing us much love on Audio Mac, particularly my listeners in South Africa, Nigeria, and Ghana. So make sure y'all continue to spread the word out there in the motherland, yes, sir, as we continue to roll on in Black Music Month, as well as Caribbean. American Heritage Month as well this month in June so big up to all the Caribbean massive out there make sure y'all checking out all our episodes including the Supercat episode we had with the Regular Lover Podcast and Khalil Wonder shout out to Khalil and Agard as well doing great things with the Regular Lover Podcast as we always say here on the vault our motto is hashtag open the vault hashtag nothing but the classics and MBTC and Jay going back now to 1997 and covering this particular album which we're about to review today i know both of us remember in particular because we were both in high school during this time and i remember just the wave and also the anticipation of this album being so incredibly big that <laughs> it was almost probably as big as i think biggie's album that came out earlier that year and that was big partially because he was murdered you know right. and the, the mystique around <sighs> that but this had been building for a few years when they first burst onto the scene four years prior to this. And it seems like everything they had done since then was really a buildup to this. So we're going to go back to June 3rd, 1997. And we're going to go to the second studio album of none other than Wu-Tang Clan, Wu-Tang Forever, released on Loud RCA Records, released as a double album after a long set of solo projects. And of course, the follow-up to their classic debut and to the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers. Runtime of 44 minutes, 58 seconds on disc one, 67 minutes and eight seconds on disc two. The producers on here, of course, you know who they are. RZA produced all of 36 Chambers and held the main and executive producer role for all of the solo projects that preceded Wu-Tang Forever. But then also other production on here done by Fourth Disciple, by Wu-Tang affiliate True Master, and then Inspector Deck on a couple of tracks. The singles on this on Wu-Tang Forever, there weren't very many of them, but the ones that were out there were big. The lead single, none other than Triumph, released February 11th, 1997. It's Yours, released September 23rd, 1997, and Reunited, released November 24th, 1997. So Wu-Tang Forever, Jay, this was huge. As we stated 
in the beginning, I felt like the anticipation of this was huge. And to sort of state the scene of what happened in regards to Wu-Tang Forever and its hype, 36 Chambers came out in the fall of 1993. That was huge. It was ground shifting. It was a watershed moment in hip hop. The fact that this group jumped onto the scene and they would change the way a lot of us looked at hip hop for the next few years. Then after 36 Chambers, you had a number of solo albums that were released. Takao was released in 1994. That was Method Man's solo album on Def Jam. Then you have after that, was released was Old Dirty Bastards, Return to 36 Chambers, the dirty version as well. Then you had that summer of 1995, Raekwon, only built for Cuban Links, a.k.a. the Purple Tape. Then in the fall of 1995, you have Jizza Liquid Swords. And then in 1996, you had in the fall, Ghostface Iron Man, his debut album. So all of this is sort of leading up into the making of Wu-Tang Forever, which RZA said was a part of his five-year plan when the group first burst onto the scene in the early 90s. He said that this was going to be a part of making and developing these brands, Wu-Tang as a group, and then giving each of the solo members a chance to explore their own solo opportunities and their own record deals. And taking that and building that upon what would be the group's second project, which eventually developed into a double disc. So <laughs> it's it was just crazy. That's like the, the success they had over that period. You talk about from an album like 36 Chambers all the way into to Cal to Return to the 36 Chambers to the Purple Tape into Liquid Swords and then finally resting on Iron Man to get to this point where we were right there. We're going to go ahead and get right into it. First thoughts and reflections. So, Jay, I'm going to go ahead and I'll start with you about your thoughts and reflections about the album. Now, at this time, we're both in high school and really the hype around this was huge and it was really building because we're right heading into the end of the school year. And that was a pretty tumultuous school year in my high school, which I'll get into in just a second. But just want to get your reflections and your thoughts about Wu-Tang Forever when it first came out and then just the hype around it when you finally listen to it, what you thought and then what you think now. Yeah, for sure. So like, you know, going back to 97, that was towards the end of my 10th grade year. So, I mean, yeah, like just leading up to that moment, like, you know, the, like there were individual projects between like 36 Chambers and Wu-Tang Forever. So they were definitely holding it down like you were saying before. Mm-hmm. But of course it was like, you heard this album was coming. It's like, oh, snap, they all be back together again. And you know what I'm saying? We get to hear them like trading bars on like, you know what I'm saying? Tracks. I mean, you would hear it from time to time on the solo joints, but like not mm-hmm. as a group collective, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. And also along with that, I mean, for lack of a better term, I guess you could say it was kind of like needed in a sense, mm. like almost like on a therapeutic level. Because I mean, you know, we were right, we were like right off the heels of the death of Biggie. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Exactly. Yeah. So like, and it was still like that lingering feeling like East Coast artists versus West Coast artists, even though Wu Tang had love from everywhere. You know what I'm saying? So right, exactly. And at that time, it was like so much hype behind like you know the Life After Death album, and then I think No Way Out might have started to come out around that time. But even yeah. then, like Bad Boys hype at that time was like more so centered around Biggie being murdered. Yeah, exactly. So for Wu Tang to come out around that time was like, oh man, like we need like hip hop needs this right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah, yeah. I remember they made the announcement. I think I was heading out to my uncle's house. Like it was on University Boulevard, and like they started playing Triumphs. Like, mm-hmm. and of course, Deck came in with that. You know what I'm saying? Classic verse, <laughs> atomically like. And like and just like the, the way the beat came in and of course his verse is like mm-hmm. oh shit like yeah these things ain't playing around you Not know what i'm saying all. like yeah but yeah so like my first thoughts of it i mean just like really putting it into perspective now being old is like you know it was definitely a dope release from dope artists but at the same time and during the time frame it was like really much needed at that point like yeah 
we just we it, it just had to be done. Yeah, and I don't I don't really see anybody else could have pulled it off around the time besides Wu to be for real with you. Man, you got that right, and I, I think that's part of my perspective as well. Now heading into the end of this ninth grade year, and what was going on? My high school had a tumultuous year. Like we had during that particular time, heading into the second half of the year after New Year's, we had like a couple of bomb threats. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And so we had times like it wasn't like, you know, not just even bomb threats. It was actually improvised explosive devices, IEDs, basically, where the people had made devices that would explode. Now, it turned out these things weren't that dangerous, but there was actually a threat that happened. So there were times where we would have to evacuate, leave, and then they would bring us home for the day. And we didn't know what was going on. But then it was that stuff going on. Then you deal with all the things going on in entertainment. The beginning of my ninth grade year, Tupac gets killed. Then the middle of my ninth grade year, Biggie gets killed. All this stuff happening in the environment of my high school, bomb threats and bombs. And then there was also something where a cross burning happened at my high school. So it was like all this shit sort of going on between all of this. And then at the end of the school year, they then also catch the guys who eventually were doing the bombs and the bomb threats. So like heading into this, yeah, things were kind of down. We're kind of like into the the spring where we've seen like Biggie's been, has been killed and hip hop sort of needs it because we see like the direction of the game starting to go into a different place. Like, yeah, bad boy was definitely getting ready also to release. Diddy had a single solo album that was getting ready to come out, but there was, it was sort of like hip hop at that time was really looking for leaders. And so it's sort of like what happens when you have a ship and the captain dies on the ship and then you have everybody sort of trying to hold it together you need somebody to step up and to provide some leadership. So to your point, Jay, forever really came out at a time when hip hop needed it. I mean, because we were reeling from the loss of two major, major stars. You could even argue the two biggest solo stars in the industry. Then here comes Wu-Tang set the world on fire four years ago with 36 chambers. I mean, absolutely just historic and groundbreaking. I mean, that album is in the short list of albums of greatest hip hop albums of all time. No one will argue that. Then you have all the solo releases. The fact that, you know, you had an album like Takao, which was, you know, a huge and dope album with Met the Man. You had classics with the Purple Tape, classics with Liquid Swords, Iron Man, all these things happening. And in the meanwhile, the Wu-Tang members are sort of all collaborating on each other's albums. ODB returned to the 36 Chambers. So they're still in the consciousness. When we heard they were coming back together, like the hype of this was so big. I remember on this day when it was coming out, there were people that were skipping school to go to the record store to go pick this joint up. You know what I'm saying? Like people were like, yo, they would show up to school late and be like, yo, I got that Wu-Tang joint. And they would show up to school with a double disc. So it was big, and part of the reason why it became big is because we all heard Triumph. Like when Triumph came on the radio, and like you said, first you hear ODB's voice come in, laying the like the foundation of this this beat that comes in sinister as hell, and then Deck drops his verse, and Deck drops the all time verse of all time, like <laughs> leads the joint out. But the song only gets better than from there. Then you have Meth follow that up with Capadonna. Then you have You God. Then you have RZA. Then you have Jizza. Then you slide in Master Killer. And then you end the song off with Ghost and Ray. And it was like, no hook. <laughs> you know what I'm Not saying? No hook. <laughs> Just all the MCs of the Wu getting in there and everybody going in and doing their thing. So that kind of got everybody juiced up. It's like, yo, if they dropping something like this after what we heard, not only from 36 Chambers, but from all these solo joints... This album about to be epic. So the hype was really, really big. 
And then when we finally got down to sitting to listen to it with a double disc at that time, I always felt like you needed some time to be able to digest it and then listen to it. Like you almost had to break it up. Like I'm gonna listen to disc one today. I'm gonna listen to disc two tomorrow, or I'm gonna listen to this on the bus ride home through the day today, and on the bus ride coming back to school the next day, I'm gonna listen to that joint and then listen to it through the rest of the day that joint. So. We started listening to it and started comparing it. And then obviously, man, it was good to hear them back together again. But like you said, I think it was really something that hit what hip hop needed. And then when you got on to see that there were all these MCs that have sort of released their own projects and everybody has sort of been sharpening their skills since then. So it almost felt like everybody kind of got better in a respect, you know, like the beats and stuff were still grimy as hell, but it seems like they were grimy this time, but they were definitely a little bit more polished. Like RZA had been sitting cooking in the lab. He had worked on all these different albums and it's like he had fine tuned his craft even more from the beginning of what we got from 36 Chambers into now. It was almost like he was using a sword that was sharp, but now that sword had been sharpened and sharpened and sharpened to the point with one swipe. He could like suffer something completely clean. You know what I'm saying? So he had gotten so sharp in between that time, man. So to me, it sounded like everybody sort of took their step up. Everybody found themselves in that groove. And it felt like to me, they were getting even better even after that. Definitely a big, big hype around the album and definitely something that we were anticipating and something that we needed though, really. And so that's really was my thought around all of it. And Reza talked about that in the intro of the second disc. He said, yo, this is some hip hop shit. This is MCs. A lot of people have had music come out over the last year and it's been some bullshit. They trying to turn rap into R&B instead of rapping bullshit. Like, nah, man, it's hip hop, you know? And so he spoke to that during that intro. And that, and that I think is something that we really needed because hip hop was in need of leaders and Wu-Tang stepped up and they were the leaders during this particular time. Highlights and lowlights. So now we're getting the highlights and lowlights on this massive double disc for Wu-Tang Forever, Jay. I'll start with you. Just give us some of your highlights and lowlights and some of the things that you liked on this album. Yeah, so um, highlights, of course, Triumph, as high as Wu-Tang get, mm-hmm. uh, Maria, A Better Tomorrow, <laughs> The Projects, Bells of War, Dog Shit, like Duck mm-hmm. Season. It's it's a bunch of them. A bunch, yeah. Uh, it was an unofficial track for the album, Sun Shower. I don't know if you recall that yeah, one, but okay, yeah, like, shower, yeah, 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 okay. And that just like I just remember like hearing that, like I remember back in like '97, like of course, like the time going like the bed, like listen to like these albums or whatever. Mm-hmm. Somehow I came across this joint, mm-hmm. yeah, and like Riz was just like flowing on there, like mm-hmm. yeah, almost like in a, in a prophetic way, saying like this this globe is about to explode with hatred. They're killing for pennies, like mm, yeah, fast yeah. forward now, it's like yeah, yeah, what the hell's going on out here, like you know what Definitely. I'm saying? So yeah. So, I mean, just like, it makes it that much more, it just hits harder, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, yeah. you know, so I'm pretty sure there's others, but those are the ones that jump out at me as far as, like, you know, highlights. Mm-hmm. You got any lowlights at all? Uh, I'm probably going to beat you to the punch on this one, but um, <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Try to get it out, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I would say there were some filler songs, but that's not what I'm counting as a low light per se. Mm-hmm. The one I'm counting as low light per se, I would definitely think we could agree that black shampoo can be left on the cutting room floor. Yeah. I'm talking like, <laughs> or maybe not, not even on the cutting room floor, but like Martin Screlly just like makes, make him like listen to that shit for like yeah, all eternity exactly. for or how long he's locked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I, I think I think we are in agreement there. It's it's sort of like, wow. And uh, yeah, I, I'll get to that in a second. It's yeah, but I, I agree with you hundred percent. I definitely do. No, but then the, th- the funny thing is, young, like, um, because I I seen a journal on um, Spotify, like, and you know how they like how it has like how many like I don't know, listens or plays or whatever it has. Mm-hmm. That joint got like the least amount out of the whole joint. <laughs> like, nah, for I looked at yeah. it like, you know what I'm saying? Even like the track one, like the intro as far as like the whole joint on disc one, that joint got like 32,000 views. Mm-hmm. That damn Black Shampoo joint got like 8,000. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> and then I saw somebody on Twitter when they were mentioning the anniversary of this album. Somebody said Black Shampoo probably the best Woo song of all time. And then I think somebody replied underneath them and said you're joking right (laughs) (laughs) i hope to god they are Uh, you're joking right you have to be joking man this guy that you trolling or something yeah you trolling right now you definitely are wow (laughs) (laughs) so i'm sorry if i beat you to the punch on that i just i just couldn't hope you you did man definitely because i think even back then i was just like man what the fuck is this shit like (laughs) what is this and i I recall if i'm not mistaken from like the vlad tv interview like you guys was talking about that joint like Mm -hmm. like it was some type of need to introspective track when i'm like no it wasn't Mm, no no (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah well so my highlights and lowlights i mean obviously i think overall the production is a highlight on here i said rizzo to me i felt like he definitely you know sharpened his tools in the time in between 36 chambers and doing all the solo albums to come in to bring this out props to him for allowing fourth disciple deck and then true master to also produce on this joint i think that's you know sometimes when you're a guy like rizza and you have sort of like you're the puppet master you're the one controlling and holding all the strings it's kind of hard to give that up sometimes but mm-hmm. props to him for definitely doing that but as far as tracks are concerned i think you know even on disc one like starting from like for heaven's sakes all the way down to like, I would even say, I would even say for real from tracks three to 11 are all highlights to me. I mean, I think in to point out things in particular, definitely songs like visions as high as Wu-Tang get um, older gods. Um, definitely Maria Mar- Capadonna's verse on Maria cracks me the hell up because I'm just <laughs> like, yo, yo, like Capadonna and um, who else was that? Was that ghost on that joint on Maria? It no, was just Rizzi and ODB. Rizzi, Rizzi and ODB. All right, so it was so Capadonna's verse on Maria had me cracking the hell up because I was like, "Yo, my man is going off about this chick, man. Like, what the hell is going? Like, this is wild, dog." So, it, but but really, uh, but visions as high as Wu Tang get. Cash still rules is another one. Scary hours still is another one that I think is definitely a highlight for that on me. Then when you get to this two, obviously, of course, triumph the impossible, which to me that verse on there, Ghostface definitely shined on that joint like definitely i mean just incredible um oh, yeah yeah i mean Absolutely. you get to songs even as well as little ghetto boys the projects um bells of war mgm dog shit was something that had of course some comedic relief in there as well i love hell's wind staff that was to me one of my favorite tracks on the second disc and then heaters as well but then I think right there, those last three tracks, I honestly think they probably could have just left that. They could have taken Black Shampoo and Second Coming Off, and I think they could have just left track 16 as the closing on there. And the second disc would have been pretty much damn near perfect. 
You know what I mean? Like damn near perfect. But I mean, there are a couple of things on here. You would think that there are a couple of tracks. Like I'm not really a big fan of Reunited. I thought they could have picked a better. Like as a matter of fact, I would have liked if they would have opened up the first disc with, with Triumph. You know, after Wu Revolution with Papa Wu. And I would have loved that they would have opened that up on Triumph. I thought that would have kicked everything off and set the trend for the rest of the album. I mean, overall, uh, you know, I'm not really a big fan of Master Killer. Um, I'm not. I never have been. I mean, you listen to all the different Wu joints we've done from the solo joints. And I have, I, I, to me, I, I don't know. Like, I've heard the story of how he became the last member of Wu pretty much. There was him between him and Killer Priest. And the reason why it wasn't Killer Priest and him is because Killer Priest overslept and fell asleep and wasn't around and... I'm like, well, that's a damn shame because, you know, anyway, I'm not really a big fan. I know people out there that love Master Killer. I'm not one of them. I mean, no, yeah, that's what that's that's one thing that I'll be honest. I kept just echoing through my mind whenever I listened to this journey, whenever Master Killer was on some shit and pretty mm-hmm. much any other Wu-Tang journey, like, <laughs> like, I was thinking, what the fuck you have to fall asleep for? Right, right? right exactly. It's like, <laughs> yeah, the time I go back there, wake you, I kick wake the door, up, wake, like, wake up, like, yeah, wake up, wake up. Like, now nah, we got to go. We got to go. Like, come on, you need to get in this like, right now. Like, nah, I ain't trying to hear none of that. <laughs> It's, yo, because it'd be like, yo, man, Master Killer be flowing, and he reminds me of that one Bama and the and the Cypher who flows, and you just sit there, and nobody head start nodding anymore. That's when you know, <laughs> like, this nigga can't flow. Like, that's what he reminds me of. Nigga, like, you, the beat's right there. Stay right there, and stay on it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. But to me, man, and a shout out to 12 Kyle, man. He did a review on this this past Thursday for the 25th anniversary, 12 Kyle, the 12 Kyle podcast. He mentioned it, and I agree with them 100%. MVP of this joint to me is Deck. You know what I'm saying? I oh, think sure. more than any other rapper on this, I say Deck definitely raised his profile just off the Triumph verse alone. But then you get to all of the other verses that he's on that you hear him. I mean, he gives it, I mean, his verses on Visions. You hear, of course, what he does as well on Heaters. I mean, it's he, he goes for it. I mean, he definitely, the for heaven's sake, I mean, so he definitely does his thing on this entire album. He, I think to me, his improvement from when you saw him on 36 Chambers all the way to here, I think is as as big as anyone else on Wu-Tang. Somebody else that I felt did an exceptional job on this. Obviously, Ghost and Ray. I think Ghost here, man, had a few standout verses on this. But in particular, his verses on Cash Still Rule with Scary Hours and that verse from Impossible ridiculous uh-huh. Raekwon sharp as ever on this joint Jizza doing his thing so you know Method Man of course all as well just his contributions so but that to me I think the most on here if I had to pick somebody else Ghost definitely you see the improvement like you could see that beginning of that transformation that you have ghost from that iron man ghost to only built for cuba link ghost into what you would see later on on supreme clientele and he went through some stuff in between then like in between this joint and supreme clientele ghost had the thing where he was dealing with those sicknesses he went to africa with rizza then the whole thing happened with the album being shelved like this album also reminds me jay that <laughs> if it wasn't for that damn flood in rizza's basement Oh, yeah. The deck album that we would have had was the deck album that we all deserve to hear, you know, because I think after this joint, everybody was looking forward to a deck solo album. We was like, yo, I can't wait to hear this deck solo album. This joint about to be ridiculously fire. And then the flood happens. You know what I mean? So because of that, we didn't get the deck album that we should have gotten. So 
<laughs> that's yeah. what really that makes me think like yo man golly if we only could have gotten the deck album that we deserve that we that he deserved and that we all deserve to hear so it was like around 95 96 man that'd have been perfect yeah i know exactly if he could have been in that first wave of the Wu solo albums yeah absolutely yeah oh boy yeah so that's there it is notable quotables so now we get into notable quotables, Jay. Let's. Uh, what do you have as your notable quotable from Wu Tang Forever? Well, yeah, I mean it's gonna be a better tomorrow. When I like, I like the hook. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you can't party your life away, drink your life away, smoke your life away, fuck your life away, dream your life away, scream your life away, because mm-hmm. your seeds grow up the same way. Yeah, I actually like Riz's verse on that joint. Okay. He was like, y'all bitches love dances and pulling down your pants while your man's on tour. You spinning up his advances. Your friends ain't shit. All they do is drink, smoke, and suck dick. The whole project mm-hmm. is trapped in six. You the high school dropouts. One to three cop-outs. 15 years old. Shorty ass and top-outs. 99 cent beer drinking. Pussy stinking. Fuck us so much. Your ass and titties start shrinking. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, just, we just, <laughs> but he just went off on there. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I know you were saying, like, as far as Maria, like, Capadonna's verse was funny, but like, yeah. I thought ODB Jane was pretty funny, too. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just, like, looking at it right now, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Knew, knew this bitch named Trash. She had a hell of fine ass. Like, I can go around and call yourself Trash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't ass through my hoe in the past. Nigga rat gave me gonorrhea, pussy, t- pussy dick to the tippy toe like ballerina. Yeah. Well, you should have seen her. She had a... Baby freeze cream of the Purina's called up Talkatina. I put my dick in the moon. She blew my hair like a balloon. No. I had to walk on, on the moon. moon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now nah, then the other one was like before. I mean, I was rocking Riz's verse on this joint too. But like, I don't know. I forget like you know. So I was up there listening to that joint back in high school. The, the part where he was like, "Pretty black dick up in the booty. I like it muddy and swampy." I'm like, "Wait, that's that swamp is dirt, nigga. What you talking about?" Right, like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that means you like dirty, <laughs> dirty cooch. Exactly. Crazy man. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, I do like how um, Rizzo Jane came in He was like Suicidal She been in more hotels Than Bibles Out of worshiping bitch Wasn't the type To make bridles strung How the bitch maneuvered the tongue From the top of his dick To the bottom of his ass But I told the guard To jet quick This wicked bitch Was a harlot I had him trapped up inside of Charlotte's web. She wasn't choosy. Fuck for a movie And a loose leaf Cigarette Pussy they wet And juicy like lemons Big ass and tight denim had the most faithful niggas sinned against their women and enjoyed to watch relationships get destroyed. This unemployed bitch was non-void and shameless. Her attitude was blameless. Even though she had a hundred dicks on the nameless, her obsession caused niggas to get that ass cheek injection. The bitch lied, said she had urinary tract infection. I tried to warn him, bomb him, but she caught him. One of my niggas to fuck a raw dog without no condom. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that's like, like a vile chick, you know vile. what I'm saying? Yes, exactly. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Like 100 percent. Yeah. And of yeah. course, after that, you know what I'm saying, the verse, um, Ghostface verse, you know what I'm saying, on a, on a Better Tomorrow. Was it a Better Tomorrow? Impossible, yeah. Impossible, I'm sorry, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, but yeah, like, I mean, his verse, it just, like, kind of gives you chills, like. Yeah, yeah, nah. I mean, he, yeah. like, really described, like, you know what I'm saying, seeing one of your mans go down. And yeah, go down, yeah. You and start and- to think about, like, all the times y'all had fun times growing up together, and mm-hmm. then for, like, you know what I'm saying, you find out the per- that person's no longer with us, it's like. Yeah, and that's like shit. Yeah, and that's actually my notable quotable of that verse on Impossible, which Reza also said as well. He said that was probably the best Wu Tang verse ever written. It might be a little hyperbole, but you know he he definitely I think it resonated with him a lot. And considering where they came from, I can understand why why it resonates with them so much. 
You know, call an ambulance. Jamie been shot. Word to commit. Don't go, son. Nigga, you my motherfucking heart. Stay still, son. Don't move. Just think about Kiba. She'll be three in January. Your young God needs you. The ambulance is taking too long. Everybody get the fuck back. Excuse me, bitch. Give me your jack. One seven one eight nine one one. Low battery. Damn. Blood coming out his mouth. He bleeding badly. Nah, Jamie. Don't start that shit. Keep your head up. You'll escape hell if we getting fucked up. When we was eight, we went to Bat Day to see the Yanks in 69. His father and mine, they robbed banks. He pointed to the charm on his neck. With his last bit of energy left, they told me Rafi with respect. I opened it, seen the guard holding his kids. Photogenic tears just burst out my wig. Plus, he's dropped one. Oh, shit. Here come his old earth with no shoes on. Screaming, holding her breast with a gown on. She fell and then lightly touched his jaw. Kissed him, rubbed his hair. Turned around. The ambulance was there. Plus, the cool coach. Officer Lou, he took it as a joke. Weeks ago, we strip searched the guard and gave him back his coat. Bitches yelling. Beanie man swung on Helen. In the back of a cop car, dirty tarts are telling. But suddenly, a chill came through. It was weird. Felt my man. He was cast out of heaven. And now we share. Laid on a stretch of blood on his while he's looking like ketchup. Deep like the full assassination with a sketch of it. It can't be from Yoho to Lee's. Second grade hump the teachers though about to leave. Finally this closed chapter comes to the end. He was announced, pronounced dead, y'all, at twelve ten. Like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> just crazy, man. I mean, plus like the way the beat sound on that joint, like mm-hmm. you just saying, you know what I'm saying? Yes. It yeah. just had that morbid feel to it. Yeah. And it's like you you hoping like he pulls through, but at the same time, you know how like with the direction of the song was going, it's like shit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then from that, Raekwon says in the outro, like you were saying, he said, what my man's trying to tell y'all is that across the whole globe, the murder rates is increasing and we decreasing. You know, at the same time, when you play with guns, when you play with guns, son, that causes the conflict of you going against your own. You hear me? So let's play attention straight up and down because this is only a story from the real. So, yeah. It really is, man. You talked about those prophetic type words that you heard. You talked about Rizzo on Sunshower. Same thing here with uh with with Raekwon on Impossible. So definitely words that you'd hear about all the time. Um, it's um, but yeah, just some of the words and stuff that you heard on this album definitely resonated with folks, man. Final verdict. So Jay, here we are at the end. Of what do you think about Wu Tang Forever? Do you think it's a certified classic, borderline classic, a classic just at this time, or not a classic at all? And the rating is seven to ten. I'm gonna say certified classic. Nine out of ten. Okay, I'll go ahead and say certified classic, and I'll give it an eight out of ten. I think the a couple of the filler tracks on here, in particular, from Black Shampoo down to the closing. I don't um, count that as a filler. That was just that was just just that ish. should have been thrown away. So, yeah. Um. But then down in the to, Martin Scully cell, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, he's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, you know, and then reunited. Um, but to me, I, I just think I feel like it's, it's a certified classic to me. I felt this is something that the game needed. It was uh, well overdue because we wanted to hear from Wu again. But I mean, unfortunately to me, I think that this was their height. I think that as high as they were commercially, this was about as good as it was going to get. Because I think every, everything else after this, though, mm, I think the magic started to leave a little bit. You know what I mean? Now, the individual members started to put out heat and were still putting out good music. But I think as, as a, a collective, as a collective Wu-Tang, okay, they were yeah. not, you know, I don't think after this. Because look at the albums that came out after this. How many of these after this have you said that you've listened to since maybe they came out? 
Probably none of them. Yeah, we're going to listen to Bobby Digital. I mean, we'll say like Supreme Clientele. Well, Supreme Clientele. I'm talking about the actual Wu-Tang album. Oh, 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 gotcha, gotcha. So, Uh, yeah, so. Talk about the Wu-Tang album. Talk about the W, Iron Flag, all that. Yeah, Yeah, really really haven't. Nah, nah. So, this was to me, I think, the the height. And then after this, it kind of, as a collective Wu-Tang together, while their influence was still wide, um, the individual members were doing things well. But to me, I think as a collective, they this was the height of it. And after this, it went downhill and then you know there's been things in between beef between the members and stuff you know ray and drizza there was that one documentary where they were all on the bus and they were had a tour and ghost and meth had some words and stuff back and forth to each other so that's always going to happen when you have a large group of folks together and of course odb was gone in 2004 so but you know they have whenever they've come back together with tour i saw them at the meriwether post pavilion for rock the bells in 2010 and when I'm telling you, they got as big as a reaction to anybody else that was out that night. And the weed was in the air everywhere at Merriweather because folks love the Wu-Tang. And so there, it's a movement. It's a movement, bro. Like it really is something that you what you see with Wu-Tang is not what you see with many other collectives in rap. Like I would say collectively, they as a rap collective probably have as more or more influence than any other collective in the game. And that's something that is not to be taken lightly considering the collectives that have come along since the beginning of the rap game until now. So Wu-Tang Forever, y'all, turning 25 years old this week. As a matter of fact, from what I understand, Wu-Tang has also released a special 25th anniversary version of this album. Make sure y'all go check it out wherever you can stream albums. Make sure you go. And if you want to cop the physical copies, I know that the vinyl is still out there. There's very limited copies out there of the limited of the vinyl. So make sure you go get it. I think it's a collector's item. So you may want to go cop that joint. But make sure y'all check out Wu-Tang Forever 25 years later. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you are checking us out on our host on Red Circle. You can also visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. You can go there, view the entire catalog, listen to the albums. You can leave us a review. You can also leave us a voice note at the bottom right-hand corner of the microphone highlighted in blue. You can leave us a short voice note. Let us know what you think about the show. Show us some love. In the bottom left-hand corner on the page, you will see the coffee cup highlighted in yellow. That is our Buy Me a Coffee page. Click on that cup to go ahead and leave a donation, a small monetary donation to support the show to make sure that we can continue keeping the vault open for years to come. You can also make sure that you visit us on social media at Vault Classic Pod on IG, at Vault Classic on Twitter, and YouTube and Facebook visiting the Vault Classic Music Reviews podcast. Like the Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, interact with us on social media. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support, and if you have a friend, tell a friend, and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we'd like to remind everyone to dream big, because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate, because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com.